Welcome to The Next Scene, the podcast where we take on pop culture one scene at a time. New episodes start on November 11 with our six-part coverage of Home Alone for the Holidays. Until then, please enjoy our return to previous holiday specials, starting with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days from 2017 with host Christopher Dennis DeGuardia and Pete Mummert. Some changes to our social media since this episode was recorded. We are still on Facebook at the Jelly of the Month Club, but you can now find us on Twitter at Next Scene Pod and on Instagram at Next Scene Podcast. And now, on with the show. Greetings and welcome back to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. It's the only podcast where we empty our chemical toilets into the sewer of your mind. My name is Christopher DeGuardia from friendsofamilia.org. And I'm Sean German from Five Minutes of Mine. I'm the Admiral Scrooge McMummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. Uh, I'm Jamie. I have previously appeared on the Indiana Jones Minute. And I'm Kyle, Mele Kalikimaka, uh, from Ghostbusters Minute and Jurassic Park Minute in Pele Media. So, happy to be here. Awesome. It's great to have you guys here. Thank yeah. you. This, on this, on this uh, Friday, December 22nd day that it is. Krampus knocked. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks for coming out so close to, uh, cl- so close to the holiday. I know. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you guys can hang out or come back for our little party on uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, absolutely! Not doing anything else at night. Let you guys hang on the couch or something, or you got got a recreational vehicle out in the driveway. There's plenty of room. Maybe don't be like the Griswolds and take your shoes off before you you sit on the couch. Will there be eggnog? (laughs) Always. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. I'll be there. In little moose head glasses. From Wally. I've had five already, so. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. So as we said, this is uh, it's Friday, December 22nd. Uh, we know this because at one point Clark is going to say something about something that happened last night, which we knew was the 21st, and we know the 22nd always comes after the 21st every every year. So that's how so we know far. It's, so far, yeah. <laughs> as of now. <laughs> um, so this this little scene, it begins with Clark coming down the stairs in the morning to see his uh, his bickering family. And it's getting with Clark and Eddie doing some Christmas shopping together as a surprise to, to Clark. And once again, we get Clark, the pure sociopath, as he, he has set up all of this madness, and then he sees it, and he just completely avoids it. Like, he comes down to his yacht, and he's away. like, I'm out. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join you, Pete, for a second, because I have to say something no one else will care about. But it makes me really angry when people get their own names on the back of hockey jerseys. <laughs> I, you know, I agree like if, with you. <laughs> if you don't play for agree. the team, yeah. you should not be wearing it. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. I get unreasonably angry when I see someone do that. You Is that like getting that. your own name tattooed on yourself? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Who would do that? <laughs> would you do that? Oh, I know some people. Uh, wow. No oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 100% your has an admiral tattoo. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what about what about people that that are wearing actual jer- like a jersey with the player's name and the player's number? I like that. Is, I, that's okay. Showing support for yeah. The team. I don't mind if it's like if, if someone has the same name as you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like if there was like a guy named like Bob German that played for the Bruins, you could wear a Bruins jersey with German on it, just as long as it was his number. 
Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Personalized sweaters are fine, but when you get your own name in the back of a, a, a hockey jersey, it just makes me angry. So. So I have a question about his hockey jersey. As someone who grew up in the deep bayous of southern Louisiana, um, I don't know a whole lot about hockey. So what what team is this that he's wearing there? That's uh, the Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, so it is from Chicago. Okay, my my question then is Mm -hmm. I I know that uh, in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cameron is wearing like um, a Detroit Red Wings, I think, jersey the whole time. Yes. Because John Hughes was a big fan of uh, the the Detroit Red Wings, even though he's like from Chicago. So I didn't know if this was like – for some reason in my mind, I see the Native American on it, and I'm thinking Kansas City Chiefs. But that's probably not even the same sport. So (laughs) I didn't know if they were were throwing in like an athletic (laughs) anachronism there again or something. But uh, this time he's on point. Okay, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's actually, I think there's a lot of. Um, they pretty much lay Chicago in every place they can. Like Clark's from like a. Yeah, he's got a a, a Bears cap. Yeah. At, at a couple points. Yeah. And the, the I, I figured it was hockey Rusty's... because it's winter. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. And one so... of the iterations of Rusty's room has a a Bears thing up. I think. Does he? Yeah. One of one it's... of them. Yeah, doesn't he have a? It's like a Bears poster. William Perry. Oh my! Or is that a, is that the kid in a Princess? Bride? <laughs> I think that's Princess. Bride. <laughs> all, these, all these bedrooms. <laughs> I got all these these children bedrooms mixed. <laughs> that is inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> we need some jingles just, for I'll that. Bleep that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Buzz from Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> also in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We were. I was trying to figure out where you know if Chicago has suburbs like this, and apparently they do. So, it's they might just live like you know in like the outskirts of Chicago. We kind of figured out. I didn't know. You know, I'm not used to these big states. I don't know how they work. <laughs> you know. So, so. I mean, they're close enough that he he works downtown, but right, and, and goes shopping there. But yeah, living out in the the suburb life. And Chicago always has that like Christmassy looking weather in movies. Mm-hmm. It kind of does in real life all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you always got the gray sky and the yeah. counted it to be Christmassy. You guys probably already covered this, but um, at the beginning of the movie, they go to my home state, and I recognized it immediately. Where they cut down oh, the yeah. Christmas really? tree, the... I was like, "That's Highway Nine, Colorado." <laughs> <laughs> So it's crazy that they drove that far to get that tree. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really wanted a good one. Yeah. It's just when a perfectly good one was apparently right on the yard all along. It's true. You know? <laughs> yeah. So have you have you driven that road to get a Christmas tree in the in the past? Um, I've driven near it to get a Christmas tree. I did cut down Christmas trees with my dad every year of my childhood. Really? So Like out in the wild? Yeah. The, um, wow. the Forest Service sells permits. It's like $25, wow. and then you can go cut your own in designated areas. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever forget the saw? No. <laughs> my dad is not like Clark Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think step one, that when you mentioned he actually bought the exactly. permit. That's, yeah. <laughs> we diverge from the Griswold at that point. The Griswold model. Yeah. Also, I've I've seen you more than once, and you've been the same person each time. So it's true. Your dad is definitely <laughs> <a> great. <laughs> 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 
So we did one time we bought a tree that was too big for the house or we cut down a tree that was too big for the house. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys end up doing? Did you cut the tree down a little bit? Or yeah. You... Yeah. We chopped the top off. Oh, but I, the I remember way. the tree being laid out inside the garage and it extended all the way down the driveway. And my dad was out there with the saw and I was like straddling the tree, trying to hold it so it didn't move around. Yeah. <laughs> And was he wearing a hockey mask? He was not. He legitimately might have put on like a welding helmet. Oh, yeah. Even better. Yeah. His eyes protected that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it didn't occur in this this day, but I wanted to mention the Colorado connection. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I think we'll be back in Colorado on this day. I'm not sure, but really. From what I from what I've gathered, we might be. We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. It'll be later in the oh, later oh in the day. I think we'll talk. Like I said, we'll talk about it. So is this? This looks. This is the time. Looks like breakfast, but some people are dressed. Some people aren't dressed. I can't tell what's <laughs> yeah. on the table. Like, well, like, and is is like is is Catherine a waitress in a? In oh, a I love diner? her. I love that dress. Yeah, <laughs> that dress is amazing. <laughs> She's wearing like her work outfit, and and then so of course the grandfathers are arguing about what I can't quite imagine, but Art's saying something about he had two containers of K rations. Yeah, that's like Navy and rations. Spam right? until it was coming out of his ears. So, so he's sort of in the South Pacific. Is that kind of his origin story that we have going on here? That would yeah. explain maybe some PTSD problems later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how late? How yeah, late is Clark been sleeping? Like, is he just? Is he just drown out the world and sleeps these cares away? Apparently. Yeah. Well, he, he, has, he has to like, take stairs. a shower and get dressed, do his hair. He might have an extensive <laughs> toilette. <laughs> See, I picture... Yeah, that hair doesn't just exactly. happen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I picture Clark as a guy who showers every day when he doesn't have to go to the office. No, this is, this is like his first... It, you know... Going by the days, this is his first day off, so he's. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 locked in now. He's totally locked in to being off now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Pete, you think this is just more Clark trying to ignore just, everything that's happening? Yeah, he set up this chaos, and then he's just he's like, "I'm out. I'm not dealing with it." Yeah, well, I've, I've done this. I can sympathize. <laughs> you know, you just yeah, when all the family's together and you you come down and it's it's already. You know, it's it's already chaos, <laughs> and you're just like I, I know I have to deal with this, but I don't have to deal with this yet. Yeah. So let me just kind of ease off to the side, just whistle and, and float away. But I am going to make yeah. my wife and, and Ellen, kids Ellen's deal there with, with him. Ellen kind of yeah. <laughs> what was that Pete? But he is going to make his wife and kids deal with it. Right. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. part of the bargain. Yeah, of course. Yeah, He's doing it for them. That's why you have kids, you know, so you can. Their human shields are cannon fodder. <laughs> the grandparents. Yeah. This is the moment in the holidays where I sneak off to the bathroom where I have an extra phone charger stashed away and some whiskey, you know, just kind of to avoid these kind of yeah. situations. But uh, yeah, but it's also a very. It's. I think it's probably one of the more uh, relatable moments in this movie. Is kind of you know a lot. It's a very funny and slapstick movie, but a lot of the humor comes out of that real. Situation situation that we can all uh, identify with which is the holidays are this crazy mix of like real emotional connections with people and just wanting to strangle everybody you're related to at the same time and it's you know they, they, yeah. they do a good job of showcasing that here without any real heavy dialogue about it he just kind of sticks his head in the room and just says nope not for me <laughs> and immediately goes to the other side of the house and 
you know, that's very identifiable. It's like, are there some kids watching a parade around here? I'm just going to sit down and, and act like I'm with them. So, uh, but there's something I wanted to point out here real quick is, uh, we do get a shot real quick of uh, Chekhov's mistletoe. There's mistletoe hanging in the, uh, kind of the breach there of the uh, oh. dining room. And it's, you think that they ha- they have some sort of mistletoe joke in this movie, but I don't, re- I don't recall that one happens at any point, even though it's, it's there. I don't, yeah, I yeah, don't that's think a good point. Yeah. I'm really glad you used Chekhov's in that instance because I was about to talk about Chekhov's sewer gas. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is all set up. This entire like day is just set ups for stuff that's coming it's later true. down the line. Yeah, there's another big right. Chekhov's moment a little bit later, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, there, there's also a, a hint that, that Clark is living in a world that's not reality because the chandelier appears and disappears in this scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I see the Pete so angle. When there are... Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, look at that. <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> Who was the continuity person on this? <laughs> <laughs> and what's, so Clark, when Clark goes to the window, is he looking for Mary again? <laughs> like he goes and longingly looks out the window. Is he like, oh, I wish I were at Marshall well, Fields. <laughs> You, you kind of posited that Mary and Eddie are kind of interchangeable in his mind. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one changes it for the other every time he looks out a window. So, yeah. Maybe he's hoping, yeah, now, because so, so, yeah, last night he was looking out and Mary changed into Eddie. Maybe he's hoping now. Eddie will change right. back. <laughs> See, that's what we get is a reverse shot, and it's just like Eddie's, uh, you know, like a nightgown tossed against the window. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Eddie isn't wearing much. Oh, no. No. He has, he has shapely legs for a man of his lifestyle. <laughs> it's very diplomatically put. <laughs> well, that's what they don't say is the live bait business. You do a lot of squats, picking up worms all day. Oh, okay. So he's got a very yeah, that's yeah. A good point. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Nice good legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I like the 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 pile of trash that's that's on the curb, that's piling up next to Eddie, and it's all. It, it's references, you know. It's all it's references back to things that have happened. It's the uh, the the sledding mm-hmm. disc that that Clark burned up, and then it's all the lawn, lawn ornaments that the he reindeer. attacked <laughs> when the, when the, you know was having trouble. You know, was frustrated with the light, so they were like keeping track of all that stuff. And is that the haunted psycho house behind him? Um, yeah, it's that's the graveyard that's across the street. Wait, oh, what? Wow. Behind all the the dead brush. What? There's like a crazy graveyard haunted house thing on the other side of the street from the Griswold house. Oh my gosh. I have to go look at this. <laughs> oh, for a second, I thought you were saying this was like on the uh, Universal back lot That's or something. That's what I thought we could too, see. that you were saying it's yeah. from Psycho. <laughs> well, it is actually on a back lot and it is in California, but like it, it, in the movie itself, it looks like they live across the street mm-hmm. from a graveyard or something. Yeah, I don't know if you totally, if you get a good look at it. Yeah, actually you do later on about... About a minute 27, a minute 30, uh, just before Todd comes out and, and goes for his morning jog, you see a shot of Eddie and then you can kind of see across the street. It's weird because on one side where, where the Griswolds live, it's kind of just normal suburban houses next to each other. But then right across the street, there's like this, it's all like gated in and dead looking overbrush and... It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. We don't quite know what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. It's different. That that side of the street is different. Is, is, okay. all, is all we're saying. 
Yeah. And we're wondering if maybe Clark actually lives on that side of the street and he's imagining the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> we are wondering. That. Yes, we. we. Yes, the royal we. we. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Admiral we. <laughs> and then, so going back to Eddie and his attire and his sort of morning routine, the, the beer is one thing. Fine breakfast beer. I'm, I'm okay with sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> like a cigar before noon, I, that's um, that's where I'm going to differ with any on that. It's a little early for for a cigar for my. It's more days. like a dessert thing, right? You know, <laughs> the uncle is always an after journey. You know, their uncle smokes a cigar like throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah, but we don't see him in the morning in his in his bathrobe and, and black because socks. he has dignity, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Uncle Lewis yeah. with his backwards right. toupee. I don't know very much about cigars, but aren't they like kind of expensive? Or is yeah, that, they are. Is actually. that wrong? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. They can oh, really? go either way, can't they? Like, yeah, they they can be, but then there are more pedestrian. Okay, so Eddie is not okay. spending of like all of well. his children's present money on a cigar. <laughs> Single C now. I don't think okay. so. I hope not. <laughs> But again, I, I like, like this his... because Eddie is living in the moment. Like Eddie enjoys every minute of his life and he's just filled with a kind of a glee and a joyful happiness every minute he's alive. That's true. I he think kinda... we can learn a lot from Eddie. Well. He kind of goes through like an emotional journey in this, this little <laughs> sequence though, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I kind of see what you're saying. Like he's, he's very guileless in just, where are you? Oh, I'm, you know, he, he, he's. He's saying, you know, like like the guy who says what he sees. This is the guy who says what he does. I'm emptying the There's ship. No facade. And you know, he sees the neighbor come out and just, hey, Merry Christmas. I'm emptying the shit. Our shitters fall. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm, I, I, but I will contradict that or have an argument that there is some guile to Eddie that'll come yeah. up later in this. Day. That's true. Actually. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think he almost has like a like a feral look to him though when he turns to see Todd. You know, before he wishes him Merry Christmas, yeah. looks like he wants to eat him. <laughs> you know, and that might be why Clark is attracted to him because <laughs> Clark hates the neighbors so much. The neighbors are pretty oh. hateful, to be fair. The neighbors are terrible. See, I, I've I, so we've we've been debating this. So I'm of the opinion that the neighbors are the heroes of the movie because uh, okay. they're just like a quiet, <laughs> naturally happy couple that are trying to live a you know a quiet, peaceful life, and this guy next door just torments they them. They don't seem particularly happy. Well, they're not because of Clark. <laughs> I feel like the neighbors yeah. are actually like a statement about class in this neighborhood. Like they're like very nouveau riche, right? And everything mm-hmm, that right. they do is they're like very like water. yucky. And I think we're meant to yeah. dislike them because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we're absolutely meant to dislike them, but I'm not quite sure why. Like, because they don't actually do anything that's that unlikable in this movie. Well, that's what I mean is that yuppies. they're like these caricatures of yuppies. Yeah, and that's yeah. why we're supposed to dislike them. Yeah, but whether or not we should, but they don't is even a, really do anything. Open question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because think about the think about like the Dietzes in Beetlejuice. Uh, shout out to Beetlejuice <laughs> Minute, um, where they come in and and they don't just. You know, they don't just redecorate inside the house. They make changes to the outside of the house that even if they're only affecting their own property, it's, the you know, what the neighbors see and the neighbors kind of have to deal with it by extension just because they're doing things external. The Todd, Todd and Margot, 
while the inside of the house it's very you know late 80s modern but that's all you know that's all their interior decorating outside from the street their house looks like any other street you know any other house on the block they don't really do anything that affects the neighbors in any way. Yeah, they're being very respectful. You know, if, if you don't want to, I mean, if you're friends, they can affect you. But if yeah. you want to ignore them, you can That's ignore true. them. Yeah, kind of thing. So they're they're not really, you know, they they, um, you know, they they look down on the Griswolds. But yeah, you know what? Not everyone has to like everyone else. <laughs> as, as, we don't we don't see them actually do anything about that. Right. You know, they're not acting out against the Griswolds anyway. They probably should and, be. And honestly, from what we see... Yeah, exactly. They yeah. probably should be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're uh, you know... Now, you could say the there's, there's a purpose to the destruction that Clark and his family um, kind of wrecks upon this family that uh-huh. kind of, you know, hey, loosen mm-hmm. up a little bit. But, but they, yeah, yeah. They're mostly harmless, I'd say. Do you think there are any like neighborly moments between the two ever? Oh, I think Todd and Margo started trying to be neighborly, mm, and I think yeah. they just got yeah. rebuffed by Clark. <laughs> Jamie doesn't sound convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it. it does does Margo ever invite Ellen over for coffee or something? <laughs> I feel like Ellen kind of could probably get along that... with anyone. Ellen is a saint. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She sees the good in everyone, just kind of like Eddie does She'd too. She'd have yeah. to. They seem like the kind of neighbors that, at some point, a lawsuit was brought up against, like you know, the homeowners association of the neighborhood or something like that. You know, over decorations or something. They're just, right. Yeah. They're they're very identifiable as like '80s villains, even though they really, you're yeah. right, don't do anything that really makes them bad people at all. They just don't have kids, you know. Which I mean, which in and of itself, of course, you know, behavior. is a terminable offense. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's not even an '80s villain behavior. Like that's that's why the woman in Jurassic World is a villain. So. Oh yeah, so we're career first. Come on, yeah, lady. Lady, get <laughs> your priorities straight. <laughs> What's what's Eddie gonna do with that burned out sled anyway? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. He's kind of looking at it like, oh, I this is you know, there's some use left in this. It but. took me multiple watches to understand what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I do like. I just want to mention the uh, the nice little Oompa Band version of oh, Rudolph yeah. the Red Nosed Reindeer. We get sort of Eddie's theme song. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Usually, but, when uh, Eddie's around, they play like yeah. that Eddie's theme, that weird kind of music with the xylophone, right? The, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's not uh-huh. present in the scene. And in my mind, it is. So when we were, I was rewatching this, I was going to make a note about, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have this clever joke about Eddie's music, and then this Oompa, yeah, the German polka music version of uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is playing. <laughs> but it's very fitting. I mean, uh, yeah, Eddie works with either song. So why is this so iconic? Is it just because the way Eddie is? Like you said, Pete, he's just basically out there. He's, you know, doing his thing. He's living in the matter moment. of fact. He's, yeah, like, he's, yeah. He's existing. He's, yeah. In the, you know, in the face of the yuppie neighbors, in the face of his own family. Yeah. Well, because this is, I think this is the moment when you mention this movie for, for if you think of one thing or the first thing you think of or people that haven't even seen the movie, maybe kind of know this moment. This is the thing that's gone into, you know, pop culture. Just the vision of a man with a beer in a robe. 
emptying a chemical <laughs> toilet into a sewer. I mean, it's relatable humor, right? We've all been there. <laughs> and, you know, the, I, I really love the framing of the introduction of this shot, too, because Eddie's so far away from the camera and he's standing there, you know, mm-hmm. and he just kind of raises his hand and yells, shitter's full, you know, like across the street so everybody in the neighborhood could hear. It's just the, everything about it's perfectly framed. The pacing of it is great. And, uh, you know, his performance, too. Um, uh, is as Eddie Eddie is just it's kind of iconic it's kind of like you know when mm-hmm. they come into this movie earlier on it's it's kind of at the savior point you know like that's kind of the point of the no return of the movie like we've kind of run out of story to tell at that point and then out of nowhere Eddie comes uh-huh. in <laughs> with his recreational vehicle and just kind of breathes new life into the into the into the movie uh it's that's it's, a good way to put it yeah yeah but you really get kind of all that encompassed right here in this in this one shot <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Randy Quaid is like legitimately very funny in this movie. I think he does a great performance. I don't know. I mean, from all accounts, that just is Randy Quaid. But who <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on with his shoes? These shoes seem remarkably refined and and totally. like nice shoes. I for assume he room. found them in yeah. someone's trash. Much like he wants to share later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his suits are all really on point too. <laughs> he is a yeah he's, he's a, a snappy, snappy dresser, dresser. <laughs> but yeah there's a bit of a shine like they're they're black mm-hmm. dress shoes and with the black dress socks and... i don't think they, we they see him wearing he's, he's normally wearing the white shoes right like is yeah is this kind of his dress his dress look? His morning shoes. His morning this routine. is his morning wear yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a man who dresses for meals and this was for the cigar and beer meal <laughs> do we know the the car that's alongside Eddie. I know there's one, it looks like a Chrysler that's across the street, but actually like kind of next to Eddie, I assume it's one of the grandparents. Yeah, it looks like a- Do we know? Because I, I mentioned it just because it's parked like right up on a fire hydrant. Uh-huh. Like that car is going to get towed. Um, <laughs> do we know whose car that is? It's a nice car. It's a it's a Lincoln, right? Does it belong to Margo? I'm trying to see the- No, they have a stop. Oh, okay. Of course they'd have a European car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Naturally. What's, it definitely appears to be a, a grand parental car. Yeah, it does seem like a grandparent. Yeah, car. Yeah, it is an older car. Yeah, it's kind of out of place for the time. Now, it's not the car we saw the grandparents pull up in earlier in the movie, is it? I'm trying to remember what was out there. There's a car we see when they are um, when he, when the in the Christmas light scene, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same car. I mean, or the yeah, same this place. we've seen this car before. It's it's been parked out front at least since the grandparents arrived. But this is not the car that they were. This is not the wagon that they were taking when they went shopping. Right. No. Yeah, right. that was their. Family. That was the Griswolds car. There are too yeah. many people for truckster. seats. There have to be cars we don't see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were arguing about the parking space. Maybe the the winner got to park in front of the house. <laughs> the loser has to park in the cemetery or right. something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we uh, we transition to Clark and Ellen inside. And Ellen has a terrible suspicion. Catherine and Eddie don't have presents for the children. Hmm. Ellen is so nice. To me, this reinforces your theory, Sean. She is very nice. Yeah. So so Ellen says, so Rocky said something about Eddie telling him Santa, Santa Claus wasn't coming. So so Rocky, they do like a gender crisscross. The boy talks to the mm-hmm. aunt uh-huh. or the cousin. Yeah. Rocky talks to Ellen and has the same conversation that Ruby Sue had with Clark mm-hmm. last night. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I and I felt that then, and I think this just reinforces it that like, you know, Eddie and Catherine kind of put the kids up to it, said, Hey, 
you know, say something. Yeah. If you say something to uh, to Ellen and Clark, you know, maybe something will, you know, there might be something in it for you. Hmm. So they're grifting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know. That didn't even cross my yeah, mind. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. But why, why is yeah, the little girl like, coming into the kitchen to talk to Clark? If not because she was sent. Yeah. It just seems so nefarious, though, doesn't it? Yes. Like to go soak the, uh, <laughs> the relatives for Christmas presents? Uh, kids do that all the time. Yeah. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, feel I, like... but, I don't know. They, like, but both, both Rusty, or, or sorry, Rocky, both Rocky and Ruby Sue. Mm, just saying. <laughs> yeah. I think you got a point. Yeah, it's very sad to think of the, the view the movie in that light now. <laughs> I don't want to believe it. But kids are really greedy, you know. Kids, I don't know. Like my little niece, we were in a store together, and she's like, "Oh, look at these things!" And she would like take them off the shelf and hand them to me that she clearly wanted. And she's like, "Just look at them." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not that interested in looking at this like child shoe, but." I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah. You know, kids, kids have but if that she kind and her of brother guile. both came to you. Yeah. And if she and her brother both came to you independently and used the same words, <laughs> would you start to get suspicious that maybe this had been rehearsed? Oh, for sure. Though I might suspect that my niece had trained her little brother to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, when I was younger, I was, I was horrible about wanting gifts. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, exactly. I look back at some of my, I look back at some of my behavior, and I'm like, you know, you, you were, you know, just not a good child. Exactly. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you were a good child, but sometimes you, you took it too far. Yeah. But I wasn't like, I was just saying, hey, this is a nice toy that I would like. I wasn't pulling the old Santa Claus isn't coming this year stuff. You know? <laughs> right. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't making a production out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, then it works in Paper Moon. It can work here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then it makes me super anxious that they're both sitting with their shoes on the furniture too. <laughs> <laughs> the house gets well, pretty pl- torn up in this movie. <laughs> the shoes on the furniture does, is a yeah. light concern. <laughs> it's the least of their problems. <laughs> Well, it's it's their furniture at least. They're in their own home. Yeah, it is yeah. their furniture. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping like maybe Clark's wearing slippers or something, but no. These they're laces. These are outdoor shoes. And I mean, but he at least it's up on like an ottoman. It looks like that's a thing that was made to have feet on it. But yeah, yeah. but still with shoes. Because Ellen's got shoes on too on yeah. the couch. So just free, just freeze frame on that and and look at the shoes. <laughs> All right, now that you're you're sufficiently anxietyed, <laughs> and then so we we start to get into we we segue from the the Santa Claus talk into discussion of Eddie's work situation, and uh, he's been, he's been looking for seven years. It's tough. It's it's quite a. He's looking for a managerial role. It's a long time. Yeah, he knows his work. Yeah, it's holding out. Yeah. And this this is some of the best best delivery, some of the best acting on behalf of, of Beverly D'Angelo. The way she gives mm-hmm. that line. She just kind of delivers it, turns her head and blinks. You know, Catherine <laughs> says he's been holding out for a management position. 
They, I, I, I haven't been in acting school. I assume they teach that. I assume there's a course just on that one. That she gives it's called distaste through blinking. Yeah. 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 She's so good. She's great. She is. She, yeah, she is really she great. Is. She's, it seems like the one, you know, it's, she's the straight person in, yeah. in this film and yeah. uh, she definitely you, you feel sorry for her on every step of her journey yes. throughout this entire movie it's like you have to put up with this man <laughs> but you know you're still down with him you still love him he's your man and you stand by him and you, or you really have to kind of appreciate that for her too you know she's a she's a family woman yep. but yeah I, I would agree that this is probably some of her best acting in the entire movie and she really brings across uh, you know that she feels sorry for them and that she cares for them and you know this is one of the kind of emotional core moments of the entire film I think mm-hmm. this little discussion that they're having right here mm-hmm. that's a great point that she is really the only person in this entire squad that isn't wacko mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> like, that's yeah. Like, you know like rusty although she is a bit of bad. an enabler yeah yeah it's sort of like Arrested well, Development, the like the kids aren't that bad yet. <laughs> Give right. it time. At least this version of them. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this is a really nice human moment, I think. Yeah. In terms of, you know, they, they want to take care of their uh, their family kids, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh-huh. You know, as the two smallest kids around, they want to they want to give them a good Christmas. So I, I do I do like that they uh, make yeah. this move. So they go, um, so they naturally, they go shopping. Shop? Now, this yeah. is... This is what I was going to talk to Jamie about. So, in the stuff I've uh-huh. read, the I read that the whole sledding scene was in uh, Colorado. Okay. And in the sledding scene, when at his the end of his journey, he ends up face first in a, a bin in the Walmart uh-huh. parking lot. Oh yeah. So do you guys think this is the same Walmart? And then does that mean it is Walmart in Chicago? Uh, I would hope it's I, the same Walmart or else the, do they have two uh, Walmarts in the same town? I mean, maybe the, I don't know. There's probably more than two Walmarts in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize the sledding scene was filmed in Colorado. Well, I'm curious if the mountain part portions of the sledding scene were in Colorado and maybe they just found like the, you know, the Walmart in uh, I don't know, maybe close to the back lot in, you know, California too. It could have been there, but it, it possible it's the same walmart do you guys think that walmart paid for product placement they do get a lot of it don't yeah. they and did did, yeah. would, did walmart own old roy dog food because i swear <laughs> i bought that at other places that are not yeah, walmart I, think they, before, yeah, but... I think i've seen it and i was very excited <laughs> to see it today i saw it yeah so so on the internet movie database it says outdoor mountain scene slash walmart huh okay breckenridge yeah. colorado usa right. Ooh, mm-hmm. fancy wow breckenridge That's funny wow. so i just i like that they you know they went back to walmart right it's a you know, it kind of keeps the universe of the right. movie together. <laughs> you know, we they went sledding near Walmart, <laughs> and they go shop, uh, shopping yeah. at Walmart. Yeah. I'm actually so the the old sorry Roy... go on. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't think there is a Walmart in Breckenridge. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the nearest one is actually pretty they far lied away. To us. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, did they have two Whole Foods? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I was going to ask, you know, Jamie and Kyle, you guys are, are dog yes. dog people. Yes. How many different types of dog food do you buy your shopping trip? Yeah. <laughs> like, I loved this gag. I like, loved it. I didn't notice it until I watched it for the for this purpose, that every single thing he's putting in the, the bin is dog food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I like that Clark has the one yeah. light bulb. <laughs> that then gets a big bag of the old Roy on top of it. Yeah. On top of it. Hey, you know, I never noticed that joke until watching it for this. Yeah. That the light bulbs go down, they immediately get smashed. And it's one of the things that I love about this movie is really every time I watch it, I pick up on something yeah. different. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they have these like verbal gags that are going into the conversation. And then there's like all these little like tiny sight gags that are just happening, mm-hmm. you know, left and right that, that are crazy. But uh, to answer your question, though, just, just, just one dog food. I find that if you give them several different brands, that increases the chance of diarrhea, which we don't want. So yeah, um, I feel like man, that regular diet is pretty important for dogs. So yeah, consistency. Yeah, yeah. just get the yeah. hundred pound bag of Old Roy and <laughs> set, set Eddie's all over the place. So there's a six pack of Alpo cans. There's a bag. There's a big bag of the Old Roy, and then he has Clark grab a box of large dog biscuits. And then on top of that throws the three bags of Purina dog chow. And then sort of the icing on top of the light bulbs is an even bigger bag of, of the old Roy. <laughs> Although this, it, I think it was like, it's like $10, like nine ninety seven for that big bag. And that's got to be like, Jeez. I don't know, 50, 60 pound bag of, of, I'm assuming it's dried dog food in there. I don't have, I don't have a dog, but. That seems kind of a reasonable price, you know. It's that is incredibly cheap. For 10 yeah. bucks. That's really cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good deal. But it is 1989, or right? I think that's when the movie came out. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it, interesting tidbit. Um, I mean, we're assuming that all this is for for snots, but I heard at one point <laughs> that if if you had to live on a single food, you could only eat one thing. That the, the your two options are eggs. If you eat the shell for calcium, then you could live on just eggs or dog food that the dog's nutritional requirements are close enough to people that if you could only eat one thing and you didn't want to eat eggshells, that you could eat dog food. And, and live on. Well, it. that sounds more appetizing because I'm not a big fan of salmonella, so I'd probably stick with the old Roy. <laughs> the old Roy. Yeah. yeah. The dog yeah. food. Yeah, dog food totally makes sense because we co-evolved with dogs, so our diets yeah. are extremely yeah. similar. Wait, did we just pick up on something here that all of that dog food is not actually intended for snot? Oh my gosh, that's a great point. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. I'm just they're trying to get 200 pounds of dog food to last them through the next year. Yeah. <laughs> I actually. They do. You know, I, I, uh, in- Sorry, go on. Oh, go oh, ahead, at Jay. my office, we have a lot of, and uh, several people at my office used to work at a organic pet food company. Like a lot of the admin people who are there, they all got poached by uh-huh. where I work, and so we always have this really fancy dog food and dog treats. <laughs> and we had some pumpkin flavored <laughs> dog treats recently that were basically like gingerbread cookies, and myself and another coworker have eaten. Roughly half of the box. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> delicious. And I have no regrets. <laughs> but the dogs would sit at the kitchen well, and, and look was... at us while we were eating them. Like that is not. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, they're like, you bought that for me. Come on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I my sister once tricked me into eating dry dog food when I was a little kid. Is, I mean, we were watching TV and I was eating dry cereal out of a oh, little plastic no. bowl. And she switched the bowl oh, when no. I wasn't looking with dry dog food. Oh, my God. How long before you noticed? 
You know, I ate, I ate a couple of them. I, I was like, that was, that was a little weird. And then, you, know, like, you're, you just keep you're watching TV. You're kind of engrossed. You're like, oh, I'll try another one to see it. Well, I've got the uh, Old Roy 50-pound uh, uh, bag of dog food pulled up on Walmart.com right now. And the highlights listed, the first highlight, it says, great taste, comparable to Purina Jog Chow. And it's like, how did they, how did they, know? How did they figure that out? Like, did they pull the dog? Yeah. Well, this came because this is not... Yeah, dogs don't say great taste, I and mean, we know what dogs eat. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're the experts. Yeah. Uh, can I issue a quick correction? Uh, how, how much by is the that, way? Kyle? Uh, it oh. is it is nineteen ninety eight uh, for that fifty pound oh. bag of Old Roy. So we, but wow, we that is so cheap. It, it really is. I'm kind of like, why do I feed my dog science I know, diet? I right? getting this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen uh, that around me. They, dog food. I've I've seen dog food you cook. Wow. Like the 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 market by me, they they there's pet food in like the refrigerated section. It's cold food that you then cook for your pet. Uh, yes, I've seen that at Target. <laughs> yeah, Bougie dogs. Seriously. <laughs> <That is true. laughs> uh, I want to issue a quick correction. By the way, when I oh, said that where yeah. they were um, on the highway in Colorado was Highway Nine, and that's a highway that goes through Breckenridge. Uh-huh. There is apparently a Walmart. Uh, past the town of Breckenridge, but on oh. Highway Nine. Oh, so that could be. Oh, nice. That could be it. Dang. Yep, nice. it's in the next town over, which is called Frisco. All right. All right. There's, could we have Colorado street grid done? <laughs> <laughs> We've gone, we've gone yes. local to Colorado. <laughs> well, next time I'm I'm in Breckenridge, I'll look for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't go look in Breckenridge. Just drive north on nine. Well, like, yeah, I'll just stay on nine and drive yeah. past. Yep, yeah. exactly. Maybe that's that's where or the guys in the, the, the pickup are going. It's the Shelbyville <laughs> to Breckenridge's Springfield. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we get we get this line where. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Well, no, I think I was going the same direction. I say so. We we've, we've talked about what they're doing in terms of piling on the dog food. Uh-huh. Then there's they're what they're saying, the, the conversation between uh, Cousin Eddie and, and Clark. And this is the point where I wonder if Cousin Eddie isn't quite as guileless as he appears. Because he says, your company kill all them people off in India not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that as a kid. Like, I remember that the Bhopal disaster yeah. where the Union Carbide killed all those people. Yeah, that was in, uh, that's, in that's, like, that's a pretty good little dig. That, that's a pretty good little dig that Eddie gets in. Like, that's not a... You know, that's not just an innocent, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, I mean, on the one hand, that's like that was not local news. But on the other hand, it was, you know, it's an American company. It was pretty big news at the time. It was kind of yeah. like front page, all the papers. Yeah. And in high school, I, I, I dated a girl whose father worked for Union Carbide. And that was a bit of a touchy subject. I bet. <laughs> yeah, he was not in that division. He was in, you know, he worked over here in the U.S. He was not over in India, so uh-huh. uh, I don't think uh-huh. he was directly involved with that. But yeah, he didn't, he didn't like that being brought up. Yeah, he missed out on that one. One of my best friends here works for a company that recently was responsible for blowing up a house. Ooh, uh, not her wow. division hey. by any means. She's really far from that. But every time that uh-huh. I mention that this house got blown up, she gets really upset. <laughs> so when Eddie says coasted to town on fumes, the gas money gave out in Gurney, doesn't that sound like 
the beginning to like a great song. Yeah. <laughs> like a Johnny Cash song. Yeah. I can hear Johnny Cash singing it, you know. Some tale of woe. And we were we were talking about this uh, before. We were trying to find Gurney to see, you know, where the gas money mm-hmm. gave out. Yeah. And so I found a Gurney that's like way out of the way mm. up north. Now, Pete, you found a different Gurney? I found a Gurney that's more down by Springfield, like more south, southwest of Chicago. Okay. So, uh, but that's a ghost town gurney. Yeah, that sounds cool, though. Isn't it a ghost town? <laughs> it does sound, yeah. Well, that but, seems yeah. plausible because they're coming from is... Kansas. So, hmm. coming from the southwest. Yeah, yeah. Are they coming I from Kansas? I thought that's where their house is. Was. that where they? I think, yeah. Because I did Las Vegas just going off Vegas vacation, but I think you're, 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 you're probably... More on the money. I'm by no means an expert. Maybe Vegas is after you got the managerial position. (laughs) No, no, we're going with it. (laughs) We're scientists. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting, too, that uh, Eddie was talking about he and his wife sent all the money to that TV preacher that was screwing the hockey Yeah, what is that about? I was so confused. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Does anyone know? (laughs) Um, no, no. I guess I don't know if that it's just a play on Jimmy Swagger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, yeah, there were there were TV preachers that was. I don't know if that's still a thing. That was a thing in the '80s, and uh, they all seemed to end up in in a scandal at one point or another. But I don't remember any of them uh, ending up with a hockey player, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I like that Eddie is not worried about the uh, the preacher's kids. That's it. No, no. I was reading something about this scene, and um, Chevy Chase said that a lot of it was just Randy Quaid just like shooting from him. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Like all the dog food stuff was all yeah. him, you know, <laughs> slamming the dog food down. So I can imagine that they had like a very loose outline of what they were going to try to do, and then Randy Quaid just, you know, took it. Uh, several different directions. He really elevates the material here. <laughs> he really yeah. does. He brings it home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah has, has anyone, uh, and maybe we should have done this as uh, as host, has anyone tracked down like an original script for uh, for this movie? Um, I have, yes. And does, well, and is it the kind of thing, does it have directions for like, you know, grab a bag of dog food, grab a package of light bulbs, or is it just dialogue? Well, let's see if you can... Because yeah, I just I, well, I wonder if this scene was written like even if all the dialogue is is on the page, mm-hmm. if it's written as if they're just walking through the market, and then you know, Randy Quaid just makes that decision as an actor to start just grabbing stuff off the shelf. Let's see, I, I found the scene. It's supposed to be in a large chain toy store, strolling down an aisle. So live bait, kill the people in <laughs> India. People in India. <laughs> uh, they own the RV. The TV preacher was screwing the hockey players, yeah, yeah. plural. Oh, yeah, yeah this is better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no direction about uh, dog food and stuff like that. Hmm. And in the yeah. original script, his gas money ran out in Kankakee. Oh. Wow. Oh. Which we last heard in the Arlo Guthrie song, "The City of New Orleans." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how I know it. But no, yeah, there's nothing, no, nothing about the dog food. So I think it was all just. Uh, that's all the majesty of Randy, Randy. Quaid. <laughs> well, he knows that comedy is is repetition too, you know. So you put one bag of dog food in there, that's pretty funny. You too, okay, that's funny. You just keep piling yeah. it on, it gets just funnier every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the comedy, the law of three. So you just you know mm-hmm. grab three bags of pure dog chow. 
<laughs> yeah. And he's dressed, you know, we, we were talking about his, his morning wear in the robe and the black socks. And here he is, like a white jacket and white belt, big lapels. Yeah. S- super dressed up for Walmart, but <laughs> maybe that's yeah, a night exactly. out for him, you know? Look, in like, the 80s, you had to get dressed up to go to Walmart. I don't yeah. know how it is these days, but you know. <laughs> it was a classy experience. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually remarkably similar to how uh, my co host on the Indiana Jones Minute, Jerry Porter, dresses today. That's true. I've seen him live. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, like not even joking. Yeah, same shirt, same kind of jean, <laughs> white jacket with the big lapel over it. I does he trick you into buying Christmas presents for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> so I was really young in the eighties. Uh, I was born in the mid eighties. Did people dress like this then? For those who were alive then, <laughs> older people. I knew older people. We. For when I was a little kid, we lived in a retire next uh-huh. to a retirement community in Arizona, and oh, a nice. lot of people dressed like this. But that was like, yeah, like and those really were older. I, I kind of took it like the Eddie's probably yeah, like doing a lot of shopping at secondhand stores, you oh, know. Okay. Uh, so maybe a yeah. lot of mm-hmm. stuff that was the previous decade, and he's kind of yeah. carried over. But, yeah. Yeah, but it works too because it also kind of fits his quirky character as well. So there's kind of like a logical explanation yeah. for it, and it's also extension of his personality. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he would kind of fit in now. I think this is, you know, fashions kind of go in a cycle. Things go out and then you wait long enough, they come back. And a lot of it's on a 20-year cycle. There's certain things that are that are on a longer, like this would be hipster today. For sure. Like okay. if he went out, you know, to the oh, hot yeah. clubs and stuff on a, on a Friday or Saturday or whenever the, the kids are going out these days. <laughs> Oh yeah, he'd be taking it's home probably, a girl with a neck tattoo. At this point, like that. yeah, probably Wednesday's the new Thursday now. But yeah, so like all this stuff is like come back around, and it's all like the kids raiding their grandparents' closets. Like this was big in the uh-huh. '50s, and then now it's 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 echoed back. <laughs> hey, check out my suit, isn't it lame? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Cousin Eddie, and then um, Rodney Dangerfield from Easy Money. They're all uh, they're all just ahead of <laughs> yeah. the curve. Yeah. Curve. <laughs> yeah, and then so back to the guile and and Clark being the you know, the wonderful, warm, giving, generous hero of a Christmas tale that he is. Right. You know, offers to say, Hey, I'll make sure that your kids have a good Christmas and they get presents and, and you know, they can believe in Santa Claus. And then Eddie's so surprised that he just happens to have not just a list, but it's alphabetical, which it's, you know, Eddie, you know what alphabetical is? <laughs> and he can say alphabetical. It's like, there's a lot of syllables in that word for you, for, for Cousin Eddie there. Well, see, now I like the idea that maybe Eddie's actually super smart mm-hmm. and that he's just playing the long con here against Clark. <laughs> Yeah, that's possible because in the so he's in the live bait business. If he's got land, you know, right now he's just growing worms. But hold on to that for a couple decades. <laughs> uh, you know, that's going to be worth something. Land, hey, they're not making more of it. Land is always worth something. <laughs> Ed, Eddie is clever. I will. I'll give him that. I will give him that. Yeah, more clever than he yeah. comes across. And then at the end here, we get a look at the, uh, there's a stack of Cabbage Patch dolls. 
Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I was curious about that because the Cabbage Patch craze was about uh, like the very early to mid '80s, like uh, 1984. So this is kind of after the fact. So it's so this is actually during Hasbro's run of Cabbage Patch. It was a uh, Coleco before that. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is probably at a time when Cabbage Patch were just the, I guess the novelty had run off and they were probably a lot easier to get. But to see a stack of them like that was extremely rare during the '80s. Uh, you know, it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's kind of a weird throwback to have that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was like the hot, for a couple of years, that was the hot gift, and you couldn't find one to save your yeah, life. Yeah, that, that was kind of the whole business uh, idea was built around them not making enough to meet demand. So they kind of like drove the price and the, you know, the demand of it up. But uh, do you guys, were y'all, did y'all have Cabbage Patch Kids, or do you remember the craze going on in the 80s about this? Yeah, my sisters would fight over it. Like they were desperate to get the Cabbage Patch dolls, yeah. and they all they, they were all unique. Yeah, like each one had his own or her own name, right. and they get like a birth certificate or adoption papers. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. actually yeah Beanie Babies that kind of whole yeah. business model. Uh, you know, even mm-hmm. Nintendo actually adopted that with like the Wii. They wouldn't produce enough to meet the customer demand, so it's kind of this like false mm. uh, you know sense of like desire to have it. It's but, like Pringles. Yeah, uh-huh. for a stack of Cabbage Patch, I I never saw that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that, maybe that signals the craze has ended. <laughs> there you this go. This is yeah. all, all yeah. what's left, you know? They're on, they're on yeah. Clarence. Yeah. Everybody realized, like, oh, yeah. these aren't that good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of crappy right. dolls. <laughs> Although even while they while they do have a, a stack of them, so they're not quite as rare as they were when, when, they, when it was a big craze, they're still quite expensive. So we see the price... For these dolls is thirty one ninety seven. It's like three dollars. And foods. a new, yeah. Okay. So like three, that'd be like one hundred fifty pounds. So, but now you can buy the like a Cabbage Patch doll is they're forty dollars today. You mean? So it's it's yeah, yeah like current day. Mm. So maybe one third more than it was then. You know, adjusting for inflation. I mean, it's got to be. I'm I'm going off of the numbers from uh, from Die Hard minute. Um, which was came out in 1988. It's just a year before this. Um, everything's inflation's a little bit more than doubled since then. So the the 32 dollars then is probably like 65 now. Mm-hmm. Um, 69 dollars and 85 cents according to the Dollar Times. It's <laughs> a lot for a doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember really yeah. wanting those American Girl dolls. Um, <laughs> Which I don't know if you guys would have been familiar with those, but I wanted them so bad, and they were like fifty dollars. My parents were like, "No way!" So yeah, that's a lot for them. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have nieces, so I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, we we got our daughter a Hatchimal. What's that? That's this. Okay. That's the thing this year, or it was the thing last year. Oh too, yeah, I they guess too. You but... get it's like an egg, and it hatches. Yeah, it turns into, into yeah, it's like what? this whole uh, new thing of like surprise toys. <laughs> it become that's the surprise well, oh no. you don't know yet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought it hatched yeah. into a human doll and i was like this is not teaching kids about reproduction you know it hatches huh <laughs> spiders <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 75 percent gotcha. of them are spiders but 25 percent are really cool so you just keep buying them yeah. <laughs> so you have to buy five. Roll because, the dice, yeah. kid. Roll the dice. <laughs> but yeah, so so do you guys, Jamie and Kyle, where do you where do you land on this? Do you think Eddie was lying in wait with this list? Yeah. Do, do you kind of assign this kind of planning to him? Yeah. When he says it's alphabetized, I think that's a pretty clear yeah. like Eddie does not strike me as a man who alphabetizes <laughs> things. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's never the I've never really thought about it, and that's sad because it's an obvious joke that's there. But I think in my in my heart, I want to believe that Eddie's a good natured guy. You know, then he's just there to help. Uh-huh. You know, and he's just kind of down on his luck at the time. But you can't really deny the fact that they're grifting the family here. You know, and further to uh-huh. read into that, I, I never wanted to think that the kids were sent down to you know kind of get this information out to him at first. But it it does seem like it's a long con type of a joke for the movie, and I think that that's just kind of what I bring into this is that I never wanted to accept that they're liars and that they're bad people. You know, they're just down on their luck. But I'm going to have to watch this movie in a different uh, different light now because I feel right. like a little bit of my soul has died yeah. looking at Eddie well, in that I think way. They can be both good people and also like want their kids to have a good Christmas any way they can. And I think you're right there, Jamie, because he does make that promise here in a minute, like, well, I'm going to get you something big. And then he delivers on it at the end of the movie. If he was a guy who was just taking him for it, he just would have gotten the gifts from them and the old Roy and they would have headed on over to the next town to grift somebody else. So, yeah, I think you're right there. I think Eddie really likes Clark. Yeah. Although if he hadn't, if the if the opportunity hadn't come up to get him something big the way he did, did he have something else for him or was that just? serendipity that he was just planning on kidnapping <laughs> someone for him yeah like was that was, was, was that the plan all along about it. who do you want it's percolating <laughs> was that another one of those um foreshadowing i think things? that's a big foreshadow <laughs> oh yeah that's the one that's, I was so, is that the one you were thinking of jamie yeah. chekhov's promise okay yeah. real yeah. nice but he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he does say he, chekhov's yeah, brian exactly. murray <laughs> <laughs> He does say he wants to get Clark something really nice. Something special, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does. He saves Christmas, so. <laughs> yeah. When, once he hears Clark's Christmas wish, mm-hmm. he, he delivers it. Yeah. So there we go. Redemption for the <laughs> god <Yep>. fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you guys have any other thoughts about December 22nd? I don't think so. I think we've covered everything I was thinking about. Oh, I, I did want to say that I think that Clark <laughs> is a good guy at heart. And I appreciate yes. that. You're right. He is. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah. What do you think about that, Pete? <laughs> uh, okay. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to respectfully disagree <laughs> with Jamie. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he goes off the path, but I think he, he for the most part, means well. Mm-hmm. And even with Eddie, you know, he's got, you know, we've seen he, he's not always the biggest fan of Cousin Eddie. He doesn't always understand mm-hmm. uh, sort of their lifestyle. But in the end, they're family. Right. I f- he really reminds me of Michael yeah. Bluth a lot. He's not <laughs> that great a guy, but family really is important to him. And he tries with his family a lot. So I don't know. God bless him. He tries. <laughs> This whole exactly. movie. Yeah. <laughs> he tries so hard. Until it takes him to the threshold of hell, but you know, he does hold it together. And that's, that's, that's this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well that, and that that's all I had for uh for this day. Yeah, yeah me too. Next, it's uh this is it until the big day. You know, this is this is what we were talking about how we have like some like some like empty some holes in the story mm-hmm. of uh, you know, days mm-hmm. that aren't mm-hmm. documented. Do you guys think like just nothing happened on those days, or do you think we just didn't have time? But to yeah, because the next time we see them, specifically at this point, the next time we see them, it's the twenty fourth. Yeah. So yeah, what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What happens tomorrow? Yeah, just a lot of college yeah, football watching. Just chill. I think you know, just we play some board games. Yeah. Todd and Margaret yeah. is, is Clark running around trying to fill this list he just got from Eddie, or uh... could be. 
Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wonder if he passes it off yeah. to Ellen. If he delegates this particular... Oh, he totally does. Yeah. <laughs> Todd and Margo are probably helping out at the local, <laughs> yeah. local soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, we're, we're, we could have a... They could have stuck in another montage, though, of just him going around and getting the wrong stuff and knocking displays over in different stores, and we were really kind of robbed of that. But, you know, this movie whips along at a great pace, so... We also could have seen yeah. a food yeah. preparation montage. Yeah. Like, I assume a bunch of the 23rd uh, is taken up with preparing dishes for the 24th, so. But that's okay. I don't think Clark was too involved in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. exactly what Clark would go outside for, right? He seems like a more <laughs> traditional gender role. Just a lights or something. go check those lights. Yeah. 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 Do we know, is there a longer cut of this movie that maybe has stuff from The Missing Days? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Don't, yeah, no. Huh. No, I, I think like the, the, the original script doesn't have any extra days in it. I think it's just extra stuff mm-hmm. in the days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was no looking leave. at it here. It's, it's a pretty lean script. Yeah. I don't see hmm. it, no. So, um, so Jamie, if people want to hear more of what you have to say, where, where would they find um, you? They could find me on some older episodes of Indiana Jones Minutes. I've also been on uh, Gremlin or Mogwai Minutes. Yeah. Hey. Um, and I have a music podcast called Radio Clash Revival that's on SoundCloud that I do with a friend of mine from grad school. Well, what happens on there? Uh, we play, each of us chooses four indie tunes, and we play them for you, and we also each suggest a book that you might enjoy. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So it's called Radio okay. Clash Revival. Sounds cool. We don't have a cool webpage. You can just look us up on SoundCloud. Sounds good. And you're Sounds good. a... Your friends had an awesome podcast. Oh, yeah, sure. I would love to recommend that, Um, which is a much more professional podcast. Some of my good friends who live in the UK have a podcast called Victoriosity, which is a comedy mystery story set in kind of an alternate universe, Victorian London. Highly recommended. It's only a few episodes, but it's like very professionally produced. Uh, One of my best friends is the director of it. So... Victoriosity, definitely recommend that. Nice. Yeah. And uh, how about you, Kyle? What have you been up to here? Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard from me today, you can always check me out at uh, Ghostbusters Minute and Jurassic Park Minute. I, those are two podcasts in the Movies by Minute format that I did with my brother Brady. Uh, and those are both done. Those are finished. So the entire run of those is out there. And by the time this drops, I think we would have just started up something we we're going to be doing. We had a Patreon going for a while. Uh, where we would uh, have supplemental material on Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park and uh, also Goonies Minute, which Brady hosted with uh, his friend Chris McMahon. And uh, we had a lot of that stuff in our Patreon, which we discontinued because we weren't really doing the podcasting thing. It kind of went into laps. So we're going to start releasing that stuff over the course of 2018. So uh, we'll be releasing one a month. So if you are into Ghostbusters or Jurassic Park, check out those feeds, and there should be new content coming uh, from here until 2019. And I think our Christmas episode that we recorded last year of our top three Christmas movies will be dropping probably about the day before this episode drops. So that's uh, Ghostbusters Minute and Jurassic Park Minute. And uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Kyle Crane, uh, where you can find me complaining about professional wrestling and giving very ill-informed political opinions. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you guys wanted to follow me on Twitter, I give a lot of opinions about the Colorado Rockies baseball team and politics. <laughs> All right. uh, my Twitter handle is at Vix783. Nice. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, 
Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can come here. <laughs> this is the best place to find me. <laughs> or I, I come uh, come over to friendsfamilia.org and see what we're doing there. How about you, Sean? Uh, well, you, you can find me here, as always. And I also, uh, you can find me weekly at 5 Minutes of Mime. And those come out uh, weekly on uh, Thursday night. And then coming up in the spring of 2018, I'll be doing something called Groundhog Minute, where I cover the movie Groundhog Day, one minute at a time. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. Yeah. How about you, Admiral? Uh, you can find me on the Mogwai Minute, Minute 51 through 55, with our good <laughs> friends George and Neil. <laughs> and Neil, who has a very good opinion of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess... um. I guess this is it. We're going to see everyone Christmas Eve, the big Christmas Eve show, December 24th. Jamie, Kyle, why don't you, you guys, can you guys come back and join us for that? Sure. I would love to. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Yeah, we're not doing anything else at no, night. No, no, I have no family obligation. Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm podcasting. They don't work for Nakatomi, so there's no, you know, there's no company party on Christmas That's Eve. That's true. There's no party now. Okay, good. Good deal, good deal. Well, um, if anyone wants to catch up with us, we have the NLCBD Jelly of the Month Club on Facebook. And you can follow us on Twitter at NLC Vacation Days. Because it's a really long <laughs> show title. So it all, it's all different. And now this is the point where most shows have a snappy closing, but we don't. So we just kind of announced we don't have a snappy closing, and that's our snappy closing. Perfect. So there it is. Just fade away. Fade away, yeah. <laughs>